Week nine was absolutely spectacular, guys. I think Brandon might have had the best weekend of anyone in the country. But the Blue Bloods are here. We're just bringing you one segment today, a little bit shorter episode right now. But we're gonna kick it. Off, we're gonna kick it off and wrap it up with the Pick Six recap, in which we recapped the six biggest games of the weekend. But this week was huge, guys. We had a lot of games we had to cover, so we covered seven this week. So we're get, it's really a Pick Seven today on the Blue Bloods. Listen, I'm bringing nothing but excellent energy after Auburn's domination of the LSU posers, the LSU Tigers, whatever you want to call them. They got destroyed this weekend. We'll get to that at the end of the show, though, guys. It's going to be a ridiculous show. I'm going to probably make Brandon quit the podcast today. So let's go ahead and find out if he quits today. Let's kick it off. A lot of good games this weekend. Um, you know, let's not even waste any time, B Dub. Let's get right into it. We had uh I guess okay, so technically it was an upset, but not the point spread upset. We had West Virginia beating number 16, Kansas State, 37 to 10. Brandon, you had faith in Will Howard and the Wildcats. I need you to tell our listeners why that was a mistake. I mean, it was a mistake because they got they got dominated. I mean Nothing goes right for Brandon this weekend. Everything's everything's looking gloomy. It's fine. Who cares? Uh, I had a nice weekend at home with my family. You know, that's that's all I can ask for. Uh, there's a silver lining to everything, Zach. We'll, I'll come back to that later on. But Kansas State just is is maybe not the team that that they showed us they were against Oklahoma, or since really their first week loss to Arkansas State. Yeah, they they played bad. I mean, West Virginia took care of business. That defense is really good, man. We talked about it in the preview episode. That defense is elite. Uh, and they shut out the Wildcats in the second half, and they pulled away. Uh, the keys to the game for me, man, I said they had to take away Deuce Vaughn and force Will Howard to win the game. They did that. Uh, Jared Doji played really good. He looked sharp, got the ball to his playmakers. Um, but Brandon... Will Howard looks like a freshman in the second row start for the Wildcats. Only completed 51% of his passes, 193, a touchdown, three interceptions. Brandon, you love QBR. We still don't know how it's calculated. I need to get on that. But he had a 24.3 QBR. That is – that's really, I mean, really bad. I mean, it doesn't matter if you know how it's calculated or not. I mean, that's just – a 24 on anything is bad. Uh, like, like, like anything, the ACT, everything. Uh, 24 ACT is not terrible. That's that's the little. Oh, no. That's okay. But listen, I mean, the Mountaineers were able to pressure Howard. Uh, you know, he graded at a 38% by pro football focus under pressure, Brandon. He fell to 50% completion percentage for 24 yards and two interceptions when he was under pressure. That was. Uh, and if anyone who watched this game saw that the Mountaineers, this was a huge key in the game plan, was to make Howard uncomfortable in the pocket, it worked like a charm. And, 
no, he didn't have any help, Brandon. The rushing attack for the Wildcats, usually electric. I don't know what happened. They must have had a power shortage, something, but they rushed for 41 total yards, 1.8 yards per carry, Brandon. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's real tough, no matter where you are. And their quarterback this weekend, I mean, he was a freshman, right? Yeah, he, he, yeah he's a like, true yeah, freshman. I mean, you had to take some of the pressure off of him if, you, if you're even going to have kind of a shot, and they just couldn't do that. Oh, man. You know, it's it's really bad, Brandon. I mean, and, you know, I've, this won't be the only freshman that didn't get any help from his running game today, but we'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> the longest rush of the day was 10 yards by Harry Trotter, the backup running back for K-State. Deuce Vaughn, nine carries, 22 yards. Uh, listen, he's gonna he's a good running back. He's young. Um, he's going to be a key for this K-State team moving forward, but – Th- this week was not his week, and Brandon, the Mountaineers' defense, man, they he, they played fast, physical, opportunistic football, and you know from the first quarter, the kickoff until the clock hit zero in the fourth quarter, they just they were the better team, right? I mean, they allowed 225 total yards, only 13 first downs, held K State to under 50 percent on third downs, and forced three turnovers. They held the Wildcats to five yards per completion and 1.8 yards per rush. Yeah, I mean, you just you're not gonna have a chance if you put up those kind of numbers. No, and statistically, they're the number one defense in the Big Twelve. Um, and I think which they is pulled crazy, a- by the way. Well, that, that should not be the case whatsoever. And, I mean, Dave Aranda is the head coach at a Big Twelve school. Okay, he's been there for like three minutes. Uh, I mean, it's been more than three minutes. It's been like seven games now, or should have been seven games. It's few got canceled. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I, I think Aranda will have Baylor playing at an elite level soon. Um, you know, Brandon, I mentioned Tony Fields the second as an X-Factor, said he was the senior leader of this defense, man. He led the team with 15 total tackles this weekend, man. He was all over the field. He was one of the keys to stop and deuce fine in this running attack. And then you had Sean Mahone, who was just a ball hawk on the back end of the secondary, man. I mean, seven total tackles, an interception, two pass breakups, and had a tackle for loss. Uh, Brandon, I, you know, Neil Brown came for Troy. He was the head coach for Troy when they upset LSU when they were playing. Well, really, and they were really still good. taking shots. Is that what's happening? Oh, it's, it's shots all episode, my guy. But oh, okay, good, I mean, good. I mean, you know, I I feel like West Virginia they they're playing at a level that really their record doesn't it doesn't really show that, right? I mean, if you look at West Virginia or ask the average fan, would you ever think that they'd have the they'd have I think it's the top ten defense in the country. I mean, if you would have if you would ask them in 2020, no. If you ask them in 2019, absolutely not. If you ask them a few seasons ago, I mean, honestly, I can see it. I mean, if you grow up watching college football the time that we did, then yeah. I mean, and you haven't watched the past couple of seasons, then sure. But no, if you've seen them play last year or the year before, ever since Dana Holgerson left, then no, absolutely not. Listen, that, that might have been their best move ever that Daniel Holgerson left them for an AAC team. That might have been the so. key moment in their program's history. But I already said it. Jarrett uh, Doji, I mean, had one of his best performances of the season, Brandon. Uh, 65% completion percentage, 301 through the air, two touchdowns. I mean, he wasn't explosive or perfect, Brandon, but he performed well, you know, when K-State couldn't get to him. I mean, 69% completion percentage, 212 nice. in the touchdown when he wasn't pressured, um, 
you know, for, for me, Brandon, I mean, you got to remember our Big 12 preview episode. We had no faith in this kid. We had no faith in West Virginia or anything they brought to the table. I mean, I feel like Neil Brown and this West Virginia team, I mean, I feel like they're one of the, I guess, better stories of the college football season right now for how they've been playing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I had West Virginia like second to last place in the Big 12. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they've just been proving me wrong week in, week out. And so this makes it interesting, Brandon. We'll get to another game later in which, you know, there was a big, a big upset with Oklahoma State. West Virginia is right in the middle of this race. Do you, do you yeah. see an opportunity for them to get in the Big 12 championship? Um, yeah, because Oklahoma State disappointed everybody. We'll get to that. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah yep, absolutely. I mean, they're still in it. Oh, man, what a game. But, listen, guys. K-State moves on to host number six, Oklahoma State. More on them later. And this is funny, Brandon. West Virginia heads to Austin to take on the Texas Longhorns. So we're just training opponents next weekend. Both games will probably be in the pick six. So uh, looking forward to those games. But let's move on. Let's let's stay in Big 12 country, kind of down in College Station. Um, we had Arkansas traveling to number eight, A&M. Um, Texas A&M pulls out the 42 to 31 win over Arkansas, Brandon takeaways from this game. And, you know, I feel like this is one of the games, Brandon, where we could say the loser of this game really played well. I mean, Arkansas has really come out and I don't want to make this about Arkansas, but it's going to be, they look good this year. Don't they? I mean, they, yes. they've surprised a lot of people and I'm one of the people that's most surprised because Arkansas who would have thought, you know, a first-year head coach, Felipe Franks takes the takes the reins at quarterback. I mean, I dogged <laughs> him all last year. All last he's played, he's played excellent. Listen, go back and listen to any episode from last season. And, it, I mean, we hated this kid, basically. Um, but, dude, I mean, they look really good. I, I mean, they're going to compete. They're going to beat LSU. I mean, let's go ahead and say that. They're going to beat LSU this season. Hey, at least the re- hey, pay the refs, dude. I'll get the Auburn guy to give you his number. Pay the refs, y'all will escape Arkansas just like Auburn did. Oh, okay, okay, I'll I'll get with you after the episode. <laughs> Bobby, listen, they Arkansas and AM both played well, Brandon, but I think it was clear after sixty minutes which team was the most talented. Um, for me, it, this this game is a story of. A&M finally hitting its stride. More on that in a second, but also Arkansas failing to convert on their opportunities, unlike A&M. Every time A&M was in the red zone, Brandon, or had a drive just about, they turned all their scoring drives into touchdowns. Arkansas, they missed two field goals. They turned it over on downs on another one, and if you add that up, guys, this game's going into overtime, or Arkansas's winning it if they convert on those opportunities. Um, That was the biggest difference for me, and Brandon, listen, Kellen Mond, this is the Kellen Mond that I have been waiting to see since he came out of high school. This is the Kellen Mond that AM thought they were getting. He put up, I think, his best performance of his career last night, Brandon. 81% completion percentage, 260 through the air, three touchdowns, 32 yards rushing, and no turnovers. That's what yeah, I want to see. Um, and that no turnovers is key. I mean, that's something that he struggled with, at least all last season. Um, and something he struggled with kind of toward the beginning of this season. So to see that, I mean, Texas A&M fans have to be happy. Uh, I mean, this was the year. This was the year they were going to make a run at the SEC champion, uh, championship, a run at the college football playoff. I mean, 
they probably wouldn't have won a championship. You know, they wouldn't win the Natty. It's just not in Texas A&M's culture. But, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, this was the year, right? And so Kellen Mond's finally coming out of his shell, which he should have come out of a long time ago. But, I mean, he's being way more consistent. And now that I said that, he's probably going to play terribly next week. <laughs> probably. I mean, I don't know. They don't have a very tough matchup next week. They head to South Carolina, Brandon. But okay. um, Kellen Mond, man, I mean, my, my biggest critique, especially in the Alabama game, was his accuracy downfield, Brandon. Last night, 20-plus yards down the field, he was 3-for-3, three 100 three, yards and a touchdown. Right. It, he always struggles in this area in their biggest games, which has cost them so many big games they could have won in his career. And under pressure, Brandon, Mon was one of the highest-graded quarterbacks of the weekend at a 94-grade by Pro Football Focus under pressure. He was 86% completion percentage, 70 yards, and two touchdowns when Arkansas got to him, which doesn't even make right. sense. No, no. I mean, it, 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 why would it? <laughs> and you know Brandon as much as this offense predicates on Kellen Mond performing at his highest level the running game stepped up in these past few games for AM. I mean Isaiah Spiller 82 yards and a touchdown another decent performance he's got to pick it up on his averages though man 3.8 yards a rush is not going to cut it against elite defenses that are coming later in their schedule but the Aggies also combined for over 180 yards rushing three touchdowns and with this offense Brandon a consistent run game puts this offense into a different level for me if, if Kellamon's clicking and his running game's clicking A&M is one of the best teams in the SEC and they're living up to that top 10 hype when everything's clicking like this I mean you're absolutely right you know and and we see them lose what they've only they only have the one lost Alabama on yeah season. on the and, road and, too that's what I'm saying it's a tough loss but it's against Alabama it's, it, it's that SEC team that's probably heads and shoulders above any other team in SEC right now. <laughs> yes. um, so, so yeah, I mean, you're going to, if you get beat that badly by, by anyone, good thing it's Alabama. The Texas A&M team might be the real deal this season. I think so, man. And listen, the Razorbacks, like I said, played a good game, failed those few opportunities. Felipe Frank's outstanding game, 73% completion percentage, 233 touchdowns, Brandon, but he failed to consistently push the ball deep on the Saggies defense that has been suspect at best. I mean, Florida and Alabama eight deep down the field against his defense. They only had one pass, Brandon, over 20-plus yards, and he completed it for 40 yards. Right. I'm so, good. Uh, like, why in the world wasn't that in the game plan? I don't think he had a lot of time to throw, to be honest with you, Brandon. He, I think Felipe Franks is the quarterback that I think I've been most impressed with in the SEC right now. We knew what we were getting with Mac Jones. We knew what we were getting with Kyle Trask. Kellen Mond is doing exactly what we said he was going to do. Inconsistent, but his his when he's on, he's on. But no one saw this from Felipe Franks. I mean, he should have beaten Auburn. He's played well in just about every single game outside of the second half of Georgia. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm so impressed with this kid, man. I take back anything bad I said about him. And Rakeem Boyd, back from injury, he missed a lot of time. He delivered last night, Brandon, over 100 yards rushing, a touchdown. He was averaging over five and a half yards per carry. And this was a kid that I think people keep forgetting how good he is. They saw him on last chance, you. They, and I feel like he just gets overlooked. I mean, this was arguably one of the best running backs in the SEC last season. And he's finally showing everyone what he can do when he's healthy. 
Yeah. No, I mean, he, this, I mean, I know that you and I thought this kid was going to be special. I'm not going to say we thought he was going to do what he's been doing in, in the SEC, but uh, I mean, yeah, he's definitely overlooked and he's definitely, I mean, is it, is this his senior season? Uh, yeah, I believe so. He, cause he almost went to the draft and I think he came back. So he technically could come back next year, I think because of COVID, but COVID. I'm not sure if he will or not, but with these injuries, you never know. Yeah, that's true. Man. I mean, he's going to be something special, whether he comes back to Arkansas or whether he plays for the draft. I mean, some team's going to be lucky. Oh, man. Uh, so Arkansas sadly falls to two and three. They move on to host a Tennessee team that needs a rebound win. So that one's going to be kind of like a deciding game on where some of these SEC teams start to fall in the pecking order. Well, I've already kind of mentioned it. a and moves to four and one, travels to South Carolina to face the Gamecocks next, Brandon. But let's get to – one of the games I got wrong this weekend, Brandon, I only missed two, but number 17, Indiana, traveling to Rutgers, pulls off the 37-21 win. And I was wrong here. The bandwagon was briefly halted, but we're going to be back, Brandon. And I want to say this, Brandon, I would need your opinion, but Indiana is becoming an extremely interesting contender in the Big Ten. I mean, sure. I'm not going to put too much weight on this win. And I get it. I, I know what you're going to say. Well, they, well, they beat um, this Rutgers team that beat Michigan State. Michigan State beat Michigan. That means nothing to me, Zach. It means nothing to me. Um, that, that was a rivalry game. Doesn't count. I. It's it's still Rutgers. They're still bad. Indiana pulled out the win. They covered the spread. That's what that's what made me mad because I had Rutgers in my picks. If if you if you can recall, I just had a bad weekend overall, guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree. I don't think Indiana's a real contender in the Big Ten. Oh man, uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm upset about this loss. Uh, so Michael uh, Penix Jr., man, absolutely spectacular in this game. The main reason the Hoosiers pulled off this big win: um, Brandon, 65 percent completion percentage, 238 through the air, three touchdowns, while also rushing for another touchdown. He was the, I think he was the second or third highest graded quarterback of the weekend by Pro Football Focus with a 92 grade this weekend, Brandon. No, I mean, that's super impressive. It's, it, look, don't, I'm not taking anything away from this kid. I just, I don't think this, I don't think the culture in Indiana's right. I don't know if they can win when it counts, when it matters. Uh, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they had 350 uh, total offense, 37 points, 20 first downs, averaged almost 10 yards per pass. And I think Penix Jr. is going to be a problem for most defenses outside of Ohio State um, in the Big Ten. I think they have a chance, Brandon. And with Rutgers, they did not force a turnover this weekend, Brandon, after forcing seven last week. But they caught their own turnover bug. They had three of their own. Noah Vidrell, as the quarterback, 61% of his passes were completed this weekend. 152, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Brandon, you'll love this. A QBR of nine. <laughs> I mean, that's fantastic. Well, that ACT score sucks. How many people say that? <laughs> can you make a nine? I think that's the lowest you can make, right? Uh, I thought it was like a 12. Maybe it is a nine. Oh, a 12. That's even worse. Like, you can't even make this low in the ACT. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's possible to win a game in the Power Five with a QBR of nine. Um, that's really, really bad. And he got no help on the ground like he did last weekend, Brandon. I mean, 3.7 yards per rush by the Scarlet Knights. The leading rusher was Kron Adams with five carries where he averaged 12 yards per carry, but most of it came on a 37-yard touchdown. 
Oh, <laughs> real uh, bad. I mean, you can't have your quarterback, Noah Vadrell, who's not really a dual threat guy, carry the ball 14 times and beat a ranked Big Ten team. No, absolutely not. And Zach, I guess my biggest takeaway from this game is that the, uh, I guess the Shiano magic has, has, has already worn off game two at Rutgers. I'm upset about it. Well, you saw that, like, I don't know, even know what to call it. It was what, like a – got called back. Like, like a seven lateral play. I know it got called back, but, I mean, the fact that there is a power five defense out there that would allow that to score blows my mind. No, that I mean, like, it's, they drew that in the dirt. Was, yeah. Well, one of the linemen just, I mean, straight up took both hands over his head, way behind him. I mean, he threw that ball 90 yards in the air. It was it was impressive. <laughs> he didn't know where it was going, but he knew that someone was going to get it. Hey, he believed, man. He he had the faith in wherever he was going to throw that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the faith, guys. But um, the Indiana defense, man, that is my biggest takeaway of this game, Brandon. That this defense looks really good. Uh, they've had two pr- two pretty big weeks, man. They're they've made enough plays to be two and zero. Brandon, they racked up four sacks, eight tackles for loss, six pass breakups, and three quarterback hurries. They held Rutgers to 21% on third downs, 0 for 4 on fourth downs, 247 total yards, less than four yards per pass, and less than four yards per rush, and forced three turnovers. As they should. You know, like I said, Rutgers <laughs> strikes again. Listen, my player of the game, man, Taiwan Mullen. And in case you guys that you're like, man, that thing sounds familiar. How in the hell do I know Indiana DB Taiwan Mullen? It was because I picked him as one of the best returning Big Ten players in the preseason. And he I wrote all about him, man. This kid was one of the best freshmen in the country last year. Brandon at DB, six total tackles, two and a half sacks, and two and a half tackles for loss from the yeah, cornerback right. spot. Zach, I, look, I can't help but feel like as we keep going on with this episode that this one is just like a giant ego boost for you. Like, you're having a field day. Yeah, it, it is. But, hey, I tagged you, I don't know how many times on Twitter, with the, with those, you know, dancing pose with, like, with the booms. With, like, I'm the like, same post. You said it, like, six times. I, here we go, bro. I'm bringing that energy, man. You're going to understand that people got to start listening to me. Take me seriously. Brandon went 0-3 on his gambling picks. He went 4-3 on pick six. You didn't have to say that. I mean, no, the, gambling picks, the gambling picks thing was so mean. That was the meanest thing you could have said. I'm just saying, man. You're becoming mush. I, I've been a mush. I've been a mush. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys. man. Rutgers drops to 1-1. One Brandon, I don't know. Uh, the bandwagon is going to be parked for a while. It's getting serviced. They traveled to Columbus to face number three Ohio State next weekend. Um, while Indiana, Brandon, we're going to find out if they're real or not. They face they host number twenty three Michigan, looking to rebound from a tough loss to Michigan State, like you highlighted. So we're going to find out if they're real or not. And Brandon, I know everyone tuned in this episode saying, "Man, I can't wait to hear what Zach says to Brandon about the Auburn game." Man, it's going to be so much fun. This game might be more fun. I know we be. both got this game right, but I got some. <laughs> I'm I'm here to collect on some debts from Brandon. Okay. Memphis traveling to number seven Cincinnati gets slaughtered, decimated, blown out, spanked, whatever you want to say, man. 49 to 10. The Bearcats just decimated the Tigers. This was the second most important game I was looking forward to cover. 
because I've been waiting for you, B-Dub, since this game hit zero in the fourth quarter. I've been waiting to see you. I'm here to collect, and I need you to put some damn respect on my Bearcats right now. Yeah, it was a real bad weekend for, for Tigers that are, that are close to the Mississippi River. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It was, I don't know. I need you to hear, I need to hear you say it. I need you to, I need to hear you say the Bearcats are legit and their defense is elite. No, the Bearcats, they're legit for, for a power six team. Jesus Christ. I'm not going to put them on the same level as, would you put them, would you put them in your playoff right now? If you had to make your playoff, would you put them in there right now? Um, right now, I what I did my top 10 today, that's going to be dropped tomorrow that, uh, I sent you, I think I have them fifth right now. Give the people sneak peek. Fifth? Yeah. So that's not a playoff team. Huh? Well, I mean, right now, I mean, we're going to, they'll be in my top four next week. Cause clips in another name play one of those dropping out. Oh my. Does Cincy play next week? Uh, yeah. You can't assume a win, man. You can't do it. And if that's I take true. Cincinnati, I'm gonna choose them. I'm gonna choose them to cover the spread. And then you're done for. Oh God, they're playing Houston next week. Yeah, oh, you're done for. You are done for. Zach. <laughs> but listen, they just uh, can you say this defense is elite? That's all I need to hear. We've been on this for three weeks. They they've held SMU to what ten points? They held Memphis right. to ten points. What else could they possibly do? I don't know. I mean, like I said in the last episode, I mean, play a play. They ain't played nobody, Zach. I mean, what are you uh, gonna say? Okay, right. We've had this conversation. If Cincinnati and Michigan played next weekend, who are you picking in that game? Well, I mean, if 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 we get the same Michigan team that that's that so came fair out enough and laid an egg against Michigan State, then yeah, I'm going Cincinnati. The way Big Ten teams have played this year, Brandon, I right now I think Cincinnati would be the second best team in the Big Ten. <laughs> Whoa, easy there. Okay. Would they be the second best if, if Wisconsin was healthy? Um, I've we've only seen Wisconsin play Illinois, Brandon, and since he would beat Illinois more than forty nine to ten. Not not true. Mi- not true. Memphis would murder Illinois, and Memphis just got smacked. <laughs> LSU LS, would beat Illinois, and LSU just got smacked. Thank you, Zach. You said something nice about LSU. Good. Okay, would LSU beat Cincinnati? Probably not. Desmond Ritter would have nine million yards on that LSU defense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay just, just Zach's Zach's been beating a dead horse since yesterday. Yeah, so I'm I'm dead, Zach. I'm a horse. Hey, I'm dead. Uh, hey, we should we should post a group chat on the Blue Blood social media. Just no, that way you, you guys can sympathize with Brandon. You know, what? you know what? You should you should because I'm getting the police involved. This is cyberbullying. Oh God! Listen. Desmond, you forgot about me, beat up Ritter. Kept, keep showing the doubters like beat up that they need a better football education because this dude needs his respect. 81% yeah, completion week. percentage. And last week and the week before. Zach, he's, he, plays, he plays the same way that Kellen Mond plays. He's the most inconsistent quarterback. <laughs> Beat up, 81% completion percentage, 271, three touchdowns and a pick. Yeah, I guess a very stout Memphis defense. Very good. 10-plus yards down the field between the numbers, Brandon. 100% completion percentage, 129 yards and two touchdowns. Okay, I'm going to stop right now because I don't know if I could do that if it were just me and a receiver on the field. (laughs) 
and that receiver was Randy Moss. Like, it's still not sure <laughs> if we could get that done. And Brandon, just to make it worse, when Memphis blitz Ritter, he played even better. A hundred percent completion percentage when blitz, one fifty six and two touchdowns. He averaged twenty yards per pass against the blitz. I mean, I'm sure that just broke Memphis's brain because it just broke yes. my brain. I don't know yes. what you do, like. Like, you're like, let's blitz him. Maybe that'll help. And then it just makes him better. That's like a superpower. That's like Mario <laughs> eating a mushroom when you blitz him. He just he turns into a superhuman. Okay, yeah, I want to understand this. Pro football focus. I love you. I use your stats on here all the time. Everyone knows this. This dude is completing 100% of his passes for over 150 and two touchdowns, and you gave him a 90? Yeah. <laughs> What does he have to do to get a give me a ninety five, bro? You didn't even give him an A plus. You gave him oh, you barely passed the class. I had to round that eighty nine point nine up to a ninety. That's not even an A everywhere, dude. That's like that's what I'm saying. That's that's like a B plus, dude. At Harvard, they might kick you out for that. He said, "Oh man, I don't know." (laughs) Well, not 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 Harvard football. Harvard football, you can you can that's true. You can get between. You get between a 65 and a 100, and that's an A. That's fair enough, man. And Ritter, Brandon, more spectacular stuff on the ground than another two touchdowns on the ground, 41 yards. So this dude had five total touchdowns this weekend, Brandon. Yeah. Over 300 yards in total offense. I mean, Brandon, I know Shane Bouchelle's been good. I know Brady White's been good. I know your guy Dylan Gabriel down there in Orlando's really good. Desmond Ritter right now is the best quarterback in the AAC. I mean, I'm going to agree with you. I think he's the best overall quarterback, yes. He's not yeah. the best. I mean, he might he's not be the best, the best pure pocket. I don't think he's the best pure pocket passer, but if we're taking overall game together, I feel like he's taking that number one spot. Right. Um, Brandon, the rushing game finally came to be. Remember that old name, Brandon, that I brought up in the preseason of why I picked Cincinnati to be so good and Jerome Ford, who came from Alabama, a former five-star? Right. He finally showed up, Brandon. Nine carries, 116, two touchdowns, and averaged 13 yards per carry. Yeah. That's Thanks crazy. for showing up. Yeah, we've been playing <laughs> without you, Jerome. Like, I'm glad you decided to come Jerome. to the party. I mean, he's the most explosive running back on this roster, Brandon, and he's finally finding his role in the offense. And Jared Dokes, he's consistent. Um, he's, he's the workhorse role on this offense. 18 carries, 77 rushing yards. He didn't find the end zone, but don't let that fool you guys. Desmond Ritter and, and Ford were cooking this weekend. Jared Dokes did what he needed to do. They The Bearcats put up 250 yards rushing and four touchdowns, Brandon. And when this team can run the ball and Desmond Ritter is on his game, I don't think this team can be beaten, especially by an AAC team. No. I, I mean, they looked, they looked unstoppable this weekend against a very good Memphis team. Not very good. Against a good uh, good Memphis team. Good. They, they looked unstoppable <laughs> last week against a really, really good SMU team. So, yeah. Hey, I think they still have UCF on their schedule, too. If they if they hold UCF to 10 points, will you put some respect on this defense? If, if they can do that, then, yes, they are elite. Okay. Memphis, on the other hand, Brandon, we had to cover them. I think they played their worst game that I've seen a Memphis team play in two years. But, yeah, I mean, it's because last year Memphis was incredible. I mean, they – they were what were – last year we were talking about Memphis the same way that we're talking about Cincinnati right now. They were very good. I mean, we were on the Memphis hype train. Uh, 
we were the we were the conductors of that train, Zach. That's true. I'll give you that. I mean, but this weekend, Brandon, the offense couldn't produce points. The running game was non-existent. The defense was slow. They were undisciplined. They gave up big play after big play. I mean, Brady White played decent, Brandon, but he failed to push the ball deep down the field. 0 for 4 on passes 20-plus yards down the field, Brandon. Completed zero passes under pressure, Brandon. He graded out at a 26 under pressure by Pro Football Focus. Right. That's real, real tough, real bad. (laughs) He's like the complete opposite of what Desmond Ritter did this weekend. Um, And this cannot fall all on white, Brandon. Uh, The running game might have been the worst in the whole country. 29 carries, Brandon, for five yards. Yeah. That's that's, that's an outstanding 0.2 yards per carry. (laughs) Incredible. I mean, how how do you top that? the, The longest rush. Was two rushes, six yards, Brandon, by Colin Watkins and Brady White scrambling for pressure. Brady White was just he was he was tired of getting hit, so he had he had to <laughs> hit the scramble at some point. Exactly. I mean, this Memphis O line, Brandon, six sacks, ten tackles for loss, given up. Right. I mean, you got to do something. It's bad. And Brandon, you know, you said this defense wasn't elite. Their best DB cornerback of my Gardner, who we've mentioned on this podcast, left the game with injury. So they had backups in the back end. And they still yep. did this to Memphis. So they're deep. Okay, I'll admit that. They're deep. <laughs> and listen, Luke Fickle, I don't think I don't think he's given enough credit for what he's done he's in Cincinnati. Absolutely not. He is an incredible coach and he's not going to be in Cincinnati for too much longer, Zach. No. No, and listen, if if Ryan Day wasn't at Ohio State, Luke Fickle could be and Luke Fickle at Ohio can State, I, I think I, I think would be better than Day. Can I can I start a rumor real quick? Can I start like saying that hit it up? Let, let's go with let's go with, let's go with Luke Fickle to Michigan. How about ooh, that? Ooh, I like, like that. that. I, I don't know, All man. Right. The, the way PJ Fleck keeps, you know, choking away this 2020 season, I don't know yeah. if he's gonna be in Minnesota much longer. Yeah, fair. Maybe he went to Leah, Minnesota. <laughs> you, yeah. You, you, listen, I'm just going to say this. I think there's going to be, I'm trying to think. Ah, uh, I, I want to say, I think there could be some openings in the SEC, um, AKA South Carolina. That would be real interesting. <laughs> that could be fun. I, I don't know, man. Luke Finkel strikes me as a, as a, as a Midwest guy, as like a, as a big 10 football guy. I mean, he might, he might, you know, he came from Ohio state. I mean, and honestly, a lot of people thought that he was going to get that Ohio state job and Ryan day scored it, you know? So I don't know. I mean, he left, he ended up going to Cincinnati and you know, here's where we're at. So it would shock me if he went to Michigan, but I feel like it's more likely for him to take that Michigan job than it would be for an SEC job. Oh man. I I don't know. Maybe, maybe Luke fickle to Nebraska. I can see Nebraska. That that would be a good hire. I like that hire. Sign me up yeah, for that. Uh, listen, I like Luke Fickle. And if he gets Cincinnati to the playoffs, which with the Big 12, probably getting rid of their playoff hopes, which we're going to get to in the next segment. Cincinnati has a real sh- – Brandon, what happens if the opt-outs destroy Oregon and USC doesn't live up to the hype? So there's no Pac-12 team, and there's no um, there's no Big 12 team in the playoffs – 
And you know right now, Brandon, they're not going to put Georgia in to just get destroyed by Alabama a second time. And the, uh, and the way Florida's been playing, Georgia's going to beat Florida and get destroyed by Alabama again. Well, Florida just can't stop catching COVID, and they can't stop throwing punches. And that's their issue. That's true. And then Dan, Dan Mullen comes out of the locker room and fires up the crowd like it's Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I, look, I, and I already hate Florida. Just as an LSU fan, I hate Florida. I can't stand Florida now. This, that was that was embarrassing. Did you see he came dressed as uh, Darth Vader to the press conference after the game? Oh, my God. No, I didn't. Yes, he came in a full Darth Vader suit, everything, and was like, at least I'm wearing a mask. Oh, okay. So, it's okay. Not, in case you guys don't know what we're talking about, Missouri and Florida got into a brawl going into halftime because Dan Mullen tried to attack the ref just about. And <laughs> – Met them at like midfield, and the teams both met out there, and there were punches, kicks, everything thrown. And then Dan Mullen goes to the locker room and comes out and is firing up the crowd like John Cena. I don't, he was Ric Flairing out there, but <laughs> <laughs> but Brandon, it was tough, um, man. It was a bad scene. Yeah, let's wrap up the Cincinnati game, man. I need you to apologize to Mr. Ritter, the Bearcats, the AAC for your constant disrespect on this podcast. Um, and I guess the final question before we move on, Brandon, where do you have them in your top 10? Uh, Zach, that's, why do you gotta do that to me? Okay, so let's spell it out for the people. Number one and number two, I've got Alabama and Clemson. Wherever, I, would I don't so. care. Put whoever you want to at one, put whoever you want to at two. That's, that's where they're at. Uh, number three, I guess Ohio State. I, I don't know, maybe. Um, number four, Notre Dame. I, I can see five Cincinnati, especially since Oklahoma State lost. Somewhere around there, they're right. They're they're hanging out around around. They're they're between five and seven. I'll say that. Okay, I have them at five. You have them around there. Um, you know, BYU made a big jump today, Brandon, into the top ten. So we have two non-power five teams in the top ten uh, right now, yeah. which is outrageous. But guys, Bearcats they move on. They move to five and zero. Oh. They face Houston next week. While Memphis falls to three and two and hosts a, US, a USF team looking to rebound from a terrible start to the season, um, they made our pick six because of Notre Dame. They got beat like what forty-two to nothing. Uh, they won't. They won't be making another appearance anytime soon. But the upset of the weekend, Brandon. I feel like. I mean, I don't feel like that's any debate here. Uh, Texas at number six, Oklahoma State. Uh, Texas. Then you know, I got a text during this game, Brandon, and it said. Texas is the overtime Kings. And that was the text I got when they were at the, at the coin flip. And I was like, they're going to lose because of this text. So appreciate that. And they absolutely did. Sam Ellinger delivered Brandon. How did Texas pull off the 41 34 upset of Oklahoma state? I don't really know, man. And, and you know, we both, we both had Oklahoma state in this one. We both had Oklahoma state winning the big, uh, the big 12, which is still a possibility. Um, Somehow. They, I, 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 I think that they're still like like I think they're still in first place in the Big Twelve. They are. They're top of K State, who both lost this weekend. <laughs> yeah, so that's fun. Um, and I guess they they really should be first because they only have one loss overall. K State has two. I mean, they both only have one Big Twelve loss, but whatever. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Oklahoma State hasn't really done a whole lot of convincing me that they deserve a playoff spot. And they convince you of that, Zach, because, I mean, throughout the season, have they had, like, a really, like, 
like definitive like this no. is we we deserve to be top five team. No, have they had one of those wins? No, that's why they don't have a top ten team right now. Because right. they haven't proved that. Um, then the Big Twelve's chaos this year, man. I, their playoff hopes are probably gone, Brandon. I I don't know because if they also have to play, the, the thing that's going to screw them up is that they got rid of divisions, and so the two best teams are going to play, and if the higher ranked team loses, they're going to be screwed. Because yeah. Oklahoma's lost to K State, they're they're up there. Oklahoma and Oklahoma's beat Texas. Texas beats Oklahoma State. What happens if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and then K State beats Oklahoma State and then Texas beats K State and then uh, it's just, just going to be chaos? And then what happens when West Virginia starts to click like they've been? The, they'll, they'll, they'll beat Texas. Right. It's like we honestly could have a three a three loss team win this conference. Look, and this is kind of. The Big 12 is kind of turning into what the Pac-12 was last year, where they're just like they are they are disintegrating like from the inside out. I mean, they're they're destroying themselves, and they're going to have it, no chance. It's the same thing the Pac-12 does year in a year out is they just cannibalize yeah. themselves. Like, why did Arizona State have to go beat Oregon on a Thursday night, and then Oregon turn around and beat Utah, who's fifth in the country? Right. It's, I mean, and Brandon, if I would. If I would have told you this on Thursday when we dropped our last episode, that Sam Ellinger would have 169 yards passing and three touchdowns, but Spencer Sanders would have 400 yards passing and four touchdowns, how in the world would you have picked Texas to win this game? I wouldn't have. I absolutely wouldn't have. I mean, Spencer Sanders played out of his mind. Which is Alan Wallace equals grown you-know-what man. That dude yeah. bullies people. He should be in jail for what he did to some of these Texas TVs. I mean, well, there's a great account, guys. Go follow on Twitter, Land, Land Grant um, on Twitter, man. They do all, th- all things Big 12 football. They were like, how, how come Texas keeps, you know, getting pass interferences on Tylen Wallace? And I'm like, because he's too big and physical for him. The only way you can stop this kid is to just grab him and hope he doesn't catch it over on, on your head. Like, Well, it's crazy because not only is he big and physical – He's also quick. Like, you don't really get that. You kind of get one or the other with wide receivers, and he's mm-hmm. both. Oh, I think he's so. the top four wide receiver in the country. I know Alabama's got a few. I know LSU's got one. Um, there's, there's, there's some good wide receivers out there, but Tyler Wallace is that guy. And, Brandon, I'm putting this loss on the back of Chuba Hubbard. I know I sound like, yeah. what? 2.9 yards per rush on 25 carries for 72 yards, no touchdowns. His longest rush was nine yards. Why do you keep giving him the ball? Why, because, why, it's why, why the ball? because it's Chuba Hubbard against Texas, who's been allowing rushing just out like they've been allowing rush yards at an outrageous pace. And Give all the of ball a to sudden, LD Brown. yeah, LD Brown got eight carries for 33 yards and only averaged four yards a carry. Four yards, only four yards. Come on, Zach. That's fair enough. But, I mean, really and truly, man, the star of this game, Brandon, was Joseph Asai for Texas. The linebacker slash edge guy, 12 total tackles, three sacks, Brandon, and six tackles for loss just by himself. Right. That guy. Listen, this, this was the best solo defensive performance in the Big 12 this year. Yeah, I agree. It was that good, guys. And, you know, with Texas shutting down the run, 
I, you know, Oklahoma State is not going to win when Spencer Sanders has to throw the ball 40 times. Yeah. It's not yeah. going to happen. And for him to only go four touchdowns and only one interception, he had one of his best games of the year, but you cannot make put the game all on his hands. It's it's a bad look. And, you know, Texas, on the other hand, they really didn't run the ball very well. They only Their leading rusher had 60 yards. It was Bajon Robinson. Glad to see him show up. But, Brandon, Oklahoma State lost. And listen to some of these stats, man. They had Oklahoma State had 35 first downs to Texas's 18. Right. That's uh, why, How in the hell do you lose a game like that? Then they held Texas to two for 15 on third downs. I don't know. The more, the more I'm hearing the stats, it's, it's, I, I am, I am befuddled. Oh, it gets worse, Brandon. Oklahoma State outgained Texas 530 to 287. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Make no sense. And Texas had 13 penalties for 150 yards. <laughs> God, man, that is so. So, what happened, Zach? I mean, I didn't get a chance oh, to catch this oh, game. Um, yeah, five turnovers for Oklahoma State to Texas is zero. There we go. There we go. That's it. That'll do it. That I mean, awful. they handed handed them the game, man. And listen, uh, you know, I was talking to Land Grant during the game. On like, I, I went back up on Twitter, and it, he was just like Oklahoma State is handing Texas the game. I mean, just straight handing him the game. Um, and I, I really don't know, Brandon. Oklahoma State, the better team. Really and truly. I mean, yeah. they, had a, they had a fumble in the first quarter, Brandon. They had an interception when it was tied when they were dropping down the field. That Then they get another fumble in the second quarter as they're in Texas territory with a 24-17 lead. So that could have put the game in an awkward situation. Then they're leading 31 to 26 and fumble inside Texas's 30. And it's then they have the turnover on downs and overtime. I mean, they they played their most inconsistent, worst game of the year. And I, I really don't know what else what to say. I mean, Brandon, Texas should not have won this game. The defenses for both teams stepped up. It's just Texas found a way not to make as as many mistakes as um, Oklahoma State did, and we That's... haven't seen this turnover bug hit Oklahoma State like this. And for the defense not to force any I mean, turnovers, it's so hard to say that they. I don't know, man. Yeah, it, it, it's just it's it's so tough to say, especially when this Texas team's giving up 150 yards to penalties, and you still, right? I mean they still win the game. Yeah. And you outgain them by just, I mean, so I believe, hang on, I got to find it. It was, um, it was like, there was a point in the game where Texas had like a 95, 6% chance to win. And Oklahoma State led a game tying drive in the fourth quarter, Brandon, where they, they look like the best team in the country, man. 11 plays 88 yards in a minute. Wow. Okay. To tie the game, to get back in the game. And I'm just like, you do all that, and then in overtime, you just have a busted coverage, and you can't give me anything else. I mean, for me, this is the kind of stuff that makes Mike Gundy 
it keeps him out of that elite category of head coaches because he can get the talent. He can win games he's supposed to. He can get this. He can get Oklahoma State and his programs in the right position, but he always seems to have a failure somewhere along the line that keeps him out of the big dance. Right. Right. This this really broke my heart, man. I, I really, really thought uh, this game was going to go differently, Brandon. So Oklahoma State, man, they – they give this one up. I mean, so do you think there's any way if Oklahoma State wins out, do you think they can get back in? Yeah, I mean, they they, they have a shot. I mean, if they win out and then they win the Big 12 championship, depending on what that really means, then, yeah, I mean, they, they have a shot. A one-loss fell, team, sure. They fell all the way to 14th in the rankings. That That's a tough fall. I'll say they're, that, they're, and that's probably because they – like we said earlier, they haven't really had anything to convince us that they should be top 10 to this point. Yeah. They, they're one spot ahead of Coastal Carolina, two spots ahead of Marshall. Oh, well, that when you say it like that, it sounds really bad. <laughs> Coastal Carolina playoff team, Brandon? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Uh, I don't know, man. But, guys, next week, Oklahoma State – heads to K-State in a big matchup for the Big 12 championship race. While Texas hosts West Virginia in a just as, I guess, just as big Big 12. uh, If I feel like any team that's not playing Kansas is in a big game for the Big 12 at this point. Yeah, so we're going to move on here. I I don't really don't know what to say about this game, Brandon, but um, Ohio State pulls off the 38-25 to win over Penn State. And, you know, I feel like Penn State can't really hang their head, Brandon, but, I mean, this team's a lot better than their 0-2 record might suggest. Yeah, and it's weird to see a team like Penn State be 0-2 at this point in the season. I mean, I can't recall the last time that Penn State was 0-2. And so it's weird. You know, they lost that game. That was obviously a little bit of a controversial ending against Indiana with the two-point conversion over time. Um, And then they play – uh, a game that's a lot closer than a lot of people thought it was going to be against Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's up there with Alabama and Clemson. And and to play them, but you know, within two touchdowns, I mean, what can you say about that? I mean, there's not a whole lot of bad things you can say. No, nah, I mean, not not really. And, I mean, they're lost to Indiana. Like, I know it's shrouded in controversy, but Penn State outplayed Indiana that entire game. And yeah, they did. I think they were the better team, but, you know, you look at Justin Fields in this game, man, you know, 318 yards passing, four touchdowns. I, I don't think you can ask for a better game. I mean, he had a 97.2 QBR, Brandon. Right. Uh, just outstanding. Master Teague, uh, the third dominated, man, 110 yards rushing. Trey Sermon, 56 yards rushing. Um uh, you know, you look at some, someone like Chris Olave, man, seven catches, 122 touchdowns. Garrett Wilson was a little bit quieter. Uh, well, not really quieter uh, in terms of touchdowns he was, but he had 11 catches, 111 yards. He had 62 yards rushing on a trick play. I mean, Brandon, when you're facing this Ohio State team, who do you aim to stop? They have so many weapons that if you stop two or three of them, they just got someone else they can turn to. Right, it's even if, like you, you want to target one of the running backs. Well, they have another one that's almost as good. So, good luck. Good luck targeting any one part of this offense. I mean, it, it's bad, man. I, and 
with Trey Servin, Master T, Justin Fields, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. I mean, that you can't stop them. The defense played really, really well. I mean, they had what? It, it was five sacks, seven tackles for loss, two pass breakups. I mean, they had an interception by Marcus Hooker. This team is just for right now, Brandon, this looks like the deepest Ohio State team since that 2015 team that won the Natty. That's yeah. that's the uh, level we're on right now. And they look really, really good. And when you look at, you know, Penn State, I think the thing that separates this Penn State team from the one that competed last year is that run game. Journey Brown's out. Noah Kane's out indefinitely right now. So you have Devin Ford. You know, he's doing his best, 36 yards rushing, four and a half yards per carry. But Sean Clifford had 18 carries, Brandon, for five yards. You're not going to beat a team like Ohio State when when Sean Clifford has 18 carries. No, no, you're not. And, and, you know, I I have to believe that probably takes into account sacks. Yeah. Uh, You know, for me, Brandon, uh, I I feel like this Penn State team, this is a team that – Get get a lot of experience for your younger guys that have to play due to certain things. Re, reload for next year. I just think this team this team was one of the harder hit teams for COVID, in my opinion, Brandon. I think I think with Sean Clifford being what Sean Clifford is, you know he needed some help. You lost both your starting running backs. You lost your best wide receiver to the draft. Um, your defense lost its best player. I mean. I feel like James Franklin kind of had his work cut out for him this year and that this Penn State team is really good. I think they might have been a top 10 team in the country if they were healthy and everyone came back. But right now, man, I mean, this team's going to be a middle-of-the-road team right now. And I think uh, I really think James Franklin is going to have to reevaluate in the offseason. He is. And, you know, the, and I'm not – I don't want to stick up for Penn State because – I, I, I feel like I'm a noted Penn State hater on this podcast. And so I don't want to do that right now. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to turn the tide to this point. Um, yeah, they lost people to COVID, but so did every team. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they lost, but they, they probably, they might have lost the best player in the country. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, uh, honestly, they probably did. But, I mean, there's really not much to say about this game. I think Ohio State did exactly what we expected to them to do. Ryan Day has them on a trajectory to be really successful. They stay undefeated. They move on to face Rutgers um, next week. I don't know how that one's going to go. Probably not well for Rutgers. But then Penn State moves on to face Maryland, who shockingly got a win this weekend over Minnesota on the last-minute uh, missed field goal by Minnesota. Guys, we're going into the moment we've all been waiting for. I'm, my energy's high, Brandon. How about your energy, man? You ready for this one? No. No, I mean, not, not necessarily. All right, man. LSU, the, the off-brand, un, I, I don't even want to go there. Just the LSU Tigers went up to Jordan-Hare Stadium on, on the plains against the Auburn Tigers. They got beat down, Brandon, 48-11. to 11. I just want to say this, Brandon. I want to start with one statement, and then I'll finish my second statement. You could take this one over. I think it's safe to say, Brandon, after 60 minutes, we know who the best Tigers in the country are, at least in the SEC. And all I got to say is, no, all I got to say is, war damn eagle, baby. And how did you like that? 
I really wanted to say something, but I can't because we're a clean podcast and it messes up with the monetization and all that kind of stuff. But you know what I was going with that, Brandon. How'd you like that beat down? What happened to your boy TJ Finley, who everyone thought said he's, he's like the new Cam Newton? He's trash. He's garbage. He's a bum. What you got to say, B-Dub? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't feel like I ever said he was the new Cam Newton. Um, yeah, he, 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 had a, he had a tough game. Um, LSU had a tough game. Uh, what I will say is that Bo, Bo Picks had the third best performance against this LSU team, uh, and he got outplayed by, uh, by Missouri and, and um, Mississippi State's quarterbacks. So I don't, I don't think you can say that they beat a good LSU team. I think they just beat a bad LSU team. So congratulations. Uh, you, listen, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You picked LSU. You you, you kept telling yeah. me. You, you know, Brent. Brent, I, I need you brand. to hear. I, I need you to hear. I need to hear you say Gus Malzahn is better than Coach Ed Orgeron. And I need you, know, you to no, let the. No. I need you to let the. I, no, 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 no. I need you. I need you to let our good listeners, these good people who tune in, to get the truth from us, Brandon, about who the better team was this weekend. That's all I care about. Who was the better team when that clock hit zero in the fourth quarter? Well, Auburn was the better team this weekend. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that thing about Gus Malzahn. Let's count rings if, if we're going to do that. Yeah, Gus Malzahn has a ring from Cam Newton, who he recruited illegally for the transfer, and so does Coach O. Coach O has the same thing where he illegally recruited Joe Burrow with some with some BS illegal stolen crawfish. It's it, we are even there, B Dub. We are even there. <laughs> okay, Zach. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I need this is you, ridiculous. I, you. Everyone heard you. Bo picks this. Bo picks that. It was Bo six this weekend because he was getting nothing but six points on your piss poor defense. I mean, you know, I I I agree, you know, about about the defense statement. I will not disagree. <laughs> but I'm also not going to back down here, Zach. <laughs> Look, KJ Costello passed for 600 yards on this defense. Um, uh, Missouri's quarterback was his name, Connor Basilak. I don't even know his name, Zach, but he passed for 400 yards. Bo Nix got 300. Oh, man. That's, this is tough. I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest here with you, Brandon. Bo Six, 75% of his passes beat up. 300 yards. 300 on that defense beat up. 300. Where was Darren like Stingley? Where was well, – oh, he was getting put in the dirt by Seth Williams. Well, except for that strip, you know, in the end zone. That's you know, fine. Job, he, after he just got bombed on? That's fine. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, if Seth Williams can't finish, he can't finish. Hey, it's all good. And then what happened? TJ Finley's going to throw it over Shaquille O'Neal's head for an interception. Yeah. Well, he thought Sharif was on the field. That's what happened. <laughs> Brandon, 75% completion percentage, three hundo, four total touchdowns and 81 yards rushing. You let Bo Nix have a 92.8 QBR. Exactly. Okay. What? Okay. Whenever you're finished, I, I would like to I would like to turn the tide just a little bit and kind of <laughs> and kind of there, there are some silver linings because I know that we have a strong listenership in Louisiana. I know we do. I know there's people out there hurting. So so let me let me make it up to these people, Zach. Let me make it up to our listeners. I know you think this about you. That's fine. You can make it about you all you want. But let me let me talk to our listeners for a second. Guys. Go ahead. I know. LSU lost, but there's a couple bright sides here. I mean, uh, you know. Auburn's going to have Gus Malzahn as a head coach for eternity now. So that's kind of cool. That's, that's one upside. The other upside, 
we got an extra hour of sleep last night. That's kind of cool. You know, there's always a silver lining. Um, UL won last night. You know, no one really cares, but, you know, they won. That's that's fun. Uh, what else? Uh, Sage Ryan committed to LSU. Five-star. Kind of nice. Uh, Bo Pelini might get fired. That's also a, that's also a silver lining. Uh, he'll probably they'll probably won't be till after the season, but you know, he might get fired. Uh, what else is there, Zach? Uh, the sun came up this morning. That's that's always a good. <laughs> it's always a good surprise. <laughs> we we never know if that's going to come. I mean, the sun's down oh. right now. I'm, I'm I am not convinced that it's going to come up tomorrow morning. But you know, it came up this morning, so that's 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 a good thing. Are the Saints winning? Does anyone know if the Saints are winning right now? Oh, they're in um, overtime. Saints, Saints are in overtime. That's <laughs> that's kind. That's kind of a win. And they also uh, got in a fist fight over a over well, an eye poke by Chauncey Gardner. You're well, in overtime well, with the Bears. It is a bad day. The Bears are five and two. That's respectable. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So so guys, I, I know it. And and we're in Louisiana. That's fun. You know, if you're in Louisiana right now, that's that's a very fun state. Education maybe not the best, but. <laughs> Uh, but 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 the fun the fun level the fun levels are through the roof you know Mardi Gras coming around there's still COVID but Mardi Gras coming in a couple months um, I had gumbo yesterday that was that was a win you know so I mean football's a stupid sport anyway we still maybe we have basketball if the sanctions don't hit us too hard we'll see <laughs> I mean uh, hey I'm glad you spun it for our people but back to the um, back to the beat down at hand, beat up. I'm glad you got to escape there for a few minutes with Brandon, bringing y'all back to reality, all our Louisiana listeners out there. Um, Brandon, the O-line for Auburn, I, uh, I should have pulled the audio before we started recording. What did you call it against Georgia? Um, what, the, the Auburn's defense? No, Auburn's o- offensive line. Oh, no, I mean, they're still not good. I'm not going to say they're good. LSU was leading the SEC in pressure rate and sacks going into this weekend, Brandon. Thank you for saying something nice about LSU, Zach. Zero sacks and two quarterback pressures against Auburn, who lost their senior offensive guard this weekend. Okay, but to be fair, Georgia's defense, very good, Zach. I'm very – I overreact a lot. I do. I'll say that. I mean, the people listening, they know. Um, So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if I – if maybe – People are saying that I said Auburn's their line looked like middle schoolers that game. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Who knows? They're playing against Georgia. Very good defense. <laughs> Brandon, what, uh, there was a matchup I said. There was a matchup on this game. I was like, whoever wins that matchup is going to win the game. Oh, it's the rushing attack. Do you want to let the good <laughs> listeners know how LSU ran the ball this weekend? Uh, pretty poorly. They put Chris Curry in. No one really understands why. Yeah, his um, – Chris Curry, three carries for eight yards. Yeah. How about yeah. John Emery? Nine carries for twenty-one yards. Even worse. Well, he was he was on the sideline laughing, so he was having a good time. Having a great time. I mean, they show no ability to find space, no ability to do anything against an Auburn defense that was piss poor in the run. Ole Miss ran for like six six hundred last week on us. Yeah, no, they did. They did. And, we all saw it. And how about the 206 yards, Brandon, and almost five yards per carry that Auburn rushed for? I mean, they okay, well, Tank Bigsby is is a is a very good running back. I'll say that. 
uh, what's the other guy? Sean Shivers. He just yeah. he he goes head hunting, and then they have number eighty, <laughs> number eighty nine, who's just four hundred pounds running the ball. How do you? That's that? a fact. That's a fact. I, I, speaking of CBS, can we stop trying to give people nicknames on the spot? Because Tilt might be the worst nickname I think I've ever heard someone suggest. Jerry Danielson, we can we do something about him? Can we like can we stage a coup and maybe we take his job? I don't guys, let us know. Would y'all rather us call the two thirty game on, <laughs> on CBS every week? I mean, the dude said we should call him Tilt because he tilts everything he hits. It's like my little brother could have come up with something. Like my little brother wouldn't even say that just to hope he wouldn't get bullied in school. Like that, that's ridiculous. I hate that nickname. But Brandon, as a team, LSU rushed the ball for 32 yards on 27 total carries for an average of 1.2 yards per carry. Yeah. No, I mean, very bad. Yeah, I look. LSU is not a good football team this year. They'll bounce back, they'll recover. We'll, we'll see what happens. Coach O, this is going to be the first time probably that he'll lose back to back games. He hasn't done that in his career. They have Alabama next, so unless a miracle happens, then you know really I'm bad. still gonna be having a good time. I'll be I'll be at Death Valley, and I'll you know maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll have an extra beer for, who, for the loss. We'll see. Who do you, who do y'all play after Alabama? Um, uh, uh, what a bad uh, fan. Arkansas? Maybe it's Arkansas, and then y'all might lose and, to Arkansas and Ole Miss. Dude, I said I said that earlier. You don't have to. You don't. I mean, you can quote me if you're gonna if you're gonna repeat me. Oh. Uh, I mean, Bo Nix, like I said, leading rusher. Tank Bigsby came alive in the third quarter, 70 yards rushing, two touchdowns, should have had three, taken away on a BS phantom, too many players in the backfield call. They counted on the replay and said, (laughs) I don't even see – there's like three players in the backfield. It wasn't even four. Um, I told you, LSU, LSU, they pulled some strings. Can I ask you a question? I'm going to ask you a Go serious ahead. question about this game. So with the Derek Stingley play where he stripped Seth Williams, it was clear clear as day Seth Williams lost the ball before he was out of bounds, correct? Yes. But Derek Stingley was standing out of bounds when he stripped him, correct? Uh, yeah, but yeah. I think that – yeah. Yeah, so when he stripped the ball and Derek Stingley touched it, shouldn't have been out at the two-yard line and not a touchback because he was out of bounds? Uh, no, because he didn't have uh, possession of the ball. <laughs> I'm dead. I'm dead. But, Brandon, I need your uh, – you know, before we wrap this up, we got to talk about the quarterback situation in Baton Rouge. Um, I think it's more complicated than a high school relationship right now. It's not. Miles um, Brennan, obvious starter when he's healthy, but yes. we don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. But – Max Johnson came in and looked like the best quarterback on the front <laughs> between him and really TJ Finley. He looked really, he was- really good, but a quarter of his work came against the fourth string of Auburn. So I don't know how much we could put in it, but let's well, talk about Finley it first. Was also, it was also LSU's second string. Uh, I mean, we negative, uh, you, you, a negative. What? Uh, Reed Gilbert was still K- in there. Uh, what? Keishon Bout- uh, K- Boutte is, uh, is like wide receiver five. Ah. Uh, and that's the, he's the one who had the forty the forty yard touchdown. Yeah, yeah, it was the bad covers by Auburn there. Uh, but man, Brandon Finley came in with all these expectations, greatly underperformed. I think I'm being nice there. I mean, fifty four percent completion percentage, one forty three, two interceptions, a fumble lost. Um, 
you, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, he graded out at a 51 by Pro Football Focus, but would you have gave him a 51 for the game? No, nope, nope. <laughs> what, what would your grade would for Finley have. be? I don't know. I don't want to be mean to Finley right now. Don't make me do that. No, you're gonna, I, need, I need a number. I will say less than 51. That's all. Less than 52. <laughs> <That's... laughs> um, yeah, so less than 51 there. I mean, but Brandon, I mean, he had no help early, and I, I want to get your analysis too. But for me, he had no help early on the ground. He was put all on his shoulders. That first interception, you could tell he just got nervous and sailed the ball way too high, of course, and Auburn was in zone. He threw it right into the zone where Nehemiah Pritchett yeah. took it back for almost a touchdown. But after that, he just kind of seemed to get rattled. He was shook. I mean, Auburn's strategy was simple, Brandon. It was the same strategy they had last year against LSU. We're going to put a lot of DBs on the field. We're not going to let them throw it deep. You can take all the underneath crossing routes you want, and we're just going to hit you as soon as you catch the ball. That was the strategy. It was – it's easy. I mean, only seven pass attempts, 10-plus yards down the field for LSU – well, I mean, for Finley yesterday, Brandon, I mean, he looked uncomfortable in the pocket. And when your feet are jittery and everything, you start missing targets. And I'm not saying, you know, he had 54% completion percentage, not terrible. But, Brandon, even on some of those underneath routes, if you don't hit the wide receiver right in the numbers, it really affects your yards after catch. And oh. I think that's where LSU struggled a lot is Finley was hitting these receivers in awkward spots and really preventing them from getting up the field. I mean, and to be totally fair to TJ Finley, I don't want to be super fair to him because he, I guess this was his first road start. He's a true freshman. Um, But he hit hit Terrace Marshall in his hands two plays in a row on the first drive of the game. And they were just just drop passes. And so, I mean, if that's the way you're going to start your game, that doesn't set a really great tone for the rest of the game. Right. Uh, It's it's just – I feel like LSU – Brandon, I, you can – I guess you could correct me if I'm wrong, but for me, the thing that got me is they're so talented. There's no reason. There's no team in the country LSU should only be held to 11 points by, no, especially and, and an it, Auburn team. Right. No, and I, I have no excuses for the offense. The defense, you can say you can say they're maybe running like a 1997 Bo Pelini special defense, but – with offense, there's no no excuses. I mean, it was just a poor performance this week. Yeah, uh, really bad. I mean, Max Johnson, like you said, played a lot better. A lot of his work came against second stringers. But, I mean, still completed 62% of his passes, 172 a touchdown. Um, but uh, it's just, for me, Brandon, this is an indictment on St- Steve Emsinger. Uh, it really is. I mean, last year he didn't have too many bad games. I mean, and I think I sent you a stat um, – what was it on Twitter where it's such a weird stat that Auburn's the only team in like three years to hold LSU to under, what was it? 30 points or 20 points. Yeah. I mean, cause LSU hasn't scored less than less than 40 this year. And until this weekend, they scored like one eleven. Yeah. And last year they didn't score less than 40 and, and, except for Auburn last year. I mean, I don't know what Kevin Steele's doing, but and it bothers me. The thing that bothers me, Brandon, is Auburn used the exact same strategy that they used last year. It's right. like you did not watch any film from last year. Yeah, I mean, no, I guess not. No, and Brandon, the, the thing, so from the opening, the, from the opening snap, the thing I texted you, we texted our friend Blake, um, it was that Auburn came out. I, this is the first time all year I've seen Auburn come out and play more physical than the other team. 
I mean, from the yeah. first play, Sean Sh- Sean Shavers bodies Derek Stingley, and I thought Stingley was hurt at first. I was like, he looks shook, he looks shaken up. And then you look on the um, what was it, the fumble recovery where Christian Tut picks it up, and I believe number four is Chris Curry, right? That's Curry. No, Chris Curry's eighteen. Uh, John Emery's number four. John Emery's four. John Emery goes to pick up the ball with Christian Tut, and Christian Tut just shoves him with one arm right on the ground. I mean, just yeah. runs straight through him. And it's like, where does that come from? Because the one thing you could say about LSU this year is they've played just as hard as the other team. And I just felt like the the physicality and the toughness and the speed, it was just – it literally didn't look like an LSU team that I was expecting to sh- come up and show out. And so I just – I don't know what got into it. I mean, for me, if LSU-Auburn played 10 times in Jordan-Hare, LSU would win four to five of them. Um, it was just in it Jordan was just, Hare? Yeah, I think so. Especially this year. I mean, I don't think LSU's a bad team. I just I felt like this was their worst performance of the year. I think it was worse than Mississippi yeah, State. I think it was worse than Missouri. I mean, from the open and snap, Brandon, their effort just wasn't there. And I know you probably saw it being a fan and you could probably speak to it more, but I didn't see any effort of physicality from this team. No. This is the least effort. I mean, and I and I'm not just speaking you know, from last year's perspective, I mean, this is the least effort I've seen an LSU team show ever. Like, since I can remember watching them play football, this is, this is there was absolutely no effort after they went down, you know, at halftime. After halftime, did you see any effort out of this team? I mean, first half, you could, I guess you could argue that they were at least, it looked like they were trying at least for a little while. The, but the it, third I mean, quarter was bad. They, yeah, yeah, it, it was awful. And, um, you know, I don't want to come on here and, and give like super big props to just anybody, but I mean, Derek Stingley's dad, he came out and said that, that this defense just doesn't trust each other. And that's tough coming from the best player of the defense's father, you know, saying that they don't trust each other. So I don't know. There's some kind of disconnect and, and something, something has to get at this point. So Bo Pliny's definitely going to lose his job at the end of the year, you think, right? Yeah, it, it's it's not going to be midseason. Uh, Coach O likes to wait until after the season to make coaching changes or fire anybody. So yeah, uh, that's tough, man. That's see, that's see Matt Canada. Oh, that's real fair. Um, but guys, you know LSU falls to two and three. They head into a yeah. bye week, and then they have number two Alabama coming to town, looking to take their heads off from last year. Um, Brandon. Have you ever seen an Alabama team play as angry as Alabama is going to play in two weeks? Oh, no, no, no. Especially not after LSU won last year and then Coach O had the whole uh, – the whole. well, everyone knows what he said. I can't say it, but everyone knows. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Oh, this is but gonna... LSU fans, for, for all my Louisiana people out there, Saints won, so, you know, that's, no, that's silver lining. <laughs> Man, this Auburn team heads into a bye week. It's going to be headed to Mississippi in two weeks to face a reeling Mississippi State team in Starkville. But, guys, that is a wrap on this episode today, man. It was a wild, fun, exciting weekend of college football. We will be back. Go ahead, man. Oh, sorry. Nothing. (laughs) Brandon did not have a fun, exciting, full weekend of college football. He was upset after the LSU game. But, guys – we're going to be back 
Thursday with a preview of week 10. Man, I can't believe it's already week 10 of college football. So stay tuned for that. You can catch the podcast anywhere you listen, man. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Go check it out. iHeartRadio. Um, rate, subscribe, like the podcast. Download all the episodes. Catch up on the Blue Bloods right here. Our social media, um, Instagram at the underscore Blue Bloods. Twitter at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods. Facebook at the Blue Bloods Pod. Follow us on there. You can find links to everything. Social media posts. Um, so follow us everywhere. YouTube, the Blue Bloods CFP Podcast. Subscribe there, man. We've been killing the YouTube games. If you're listening on YouTube, we love y'all. Shout out to y'all. But guys, for right now, we're out. <laughs>